Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm Anna, and this is Jenny, and we are so excited for this spooky episode. We are going to be talking about big, bad botulism. I cannot wait to talk about botulism with you, Anna. I think that it is the most scary thing for a new canner, and I think some people are afraid of canning, and they know nothing about botulism, but they find the idea of food poisoning or botulism poisoning to be so terrifying they won't even start canning. So the purpose of this episode is to teach you all exactly what botulism poisoning is, how botulism behaves, and how it's very simple to completely avoid the risk of botulism poisoning. So I think we're just going to dive in and tell you all about the main concern in canning, the main pathogenic concern in canning, which is C. botulinum. So botulism poisoning is caused by a toxin produced by the C. botulinum pathogen. The condition, if untreated, has a very high mortality rate. Botulism attacks the nervous system and it causes death by respiratory failure. So I would add that in America, there is about 2,000 cases of botulism poisoning every year. The vast majority of those cases are in babies or small, small children who have consumed raw honey. And because they have what's called naked gut, they can't deal with the botulism that is present in raw honey. You and I can eat raw honey and have no issues, but the vast majority of cases in America today are children consuming honey. And it's very, very few people who actually suffer from botulism poisoning at all. So I just want to start out and, and just put aside fears that it's just running rampant. People are just getting sick with botulism all over the place because they're not. Anna, take it away with the next point. So botulism is found naturally occurring in your soil. So it's super important when you are processing your foods for home canning that you wash them. If the recipe recommends peeling something to just follow the recipe as it is. I have been following recently for, <laughs> for a group of people again on social media who are doing potatoes with the peels on. They are doing uh, lots of root vegetables with the peel on. And they recommend that you peel uh, your root vegetables for this very reason, because botulism is naturally occurring in your soil. And they want to try and mitigate as much of that as possible in your home canning. So that's why they recommend that. That's a great point. 
And it's also important in like any food safety that you want to keep your countertops clean. You want to keep your fruit clean once you bring it in. So it's super important to follow the recipe that way. So what are the things we can do to reduce the amount of or possibility of botulism in our canned foods, Jenny? Okay, so... Sea botulinum is found in our soils. It's found all over the world. It's it's everywhere. It's it's in our homes, in our kitchens, on our stuff, and that is cause for no concern because it grows in an oxygen-free environment that is low acid. So when we're canning, if you are properly getting a seal on your jar, you're creating an oxygen-free environment. So to prevent the growth of that bacteria, the canned food has to be processed in a pressure canner, which gets over 240 degrees. That's like the the first thing. If you are canning a low acid recipe, it must be pressure canned in a pressure canner because it gets over that 240 degrees, which is required to kill the thermophilic, that means heat loving, C. botulinum. So If you see people, social media, Pinterest, somebody you know, water bath canning a low acid recipe, that is a really big problem because you're creating a no oxygen environment, which they love, and it's not hot enough to kill that potential botulism that is present and is in fact likely present, right? It's not hot enough. So if you see anyone advising to water bath can, or otherwise, quote, preserve, end quote, a low acid recipe without a pressure canner, that should be the biggest red flag of all. And you should not do that. (laughs) You should do a, you should use a pressure canner exclusively for low acid recipes. What's something else they can do, Anna? Since botulism thrives in an anaerobic environment, when you're doing high acid foods, as opposed to the low acid foods that Jenny was just talking about, you are going to want to use an atmospheric steam canner or a water bath canner in order to sterilize, heat up the ingredients that are inside your jar and just heat them for a certain amount of time to kill that botulism toxin. This step is super important. And like we talked about in another episode, not everyone does this. I know in Europe and Eastern Europe, a lot of people don't ever process their jams and jellies in a water bath canner or a steam canner, and you're just risking possible botulism if you are trying to seal that jar. So if you're new to this podcast, I'm gonna just let's just give a couple examples of water bath recipes which are high acid, just just to get you thinking um, what kinds of recipes are typically required for a water bath. Those would be your jam, your fruit juice, applesauce, and pickles, things that are higher in acid naturally, or by the addition of an acidifying ingredient like vinegar or citric acid. Recipes that are typically pressure canned would be potatoes, tuna, chili con carne, the meats, and Plain vegetables are low acid foods that can be safely pressure canned. It's important that you follow the processing times on all recipes that are canning recipes, both water bath and pressure canning, because the time 
or the pressure for the pressure canning is what has been proven to kill all spoilers in that type of recipe. So it's not an arbitrary number like, you know, 20 minutes in the water bath or 45 minutes in the pressure canner. That's not a made up number. It's what has been tested and proven to be long enough and hot enough to kill any spoiler, including the botulism toxin inside your jar of potatoes or inside your jar of tuna or inside your applesauce. So those processing times are are based on testing and it is a mistake <laughs> to not process for long enough or to process in an improper method. Perfect. And I don't know about you, but I have a lot of people, like you said earlier in this episode, who just decide that canning is not for them because they're so scared about botulism. And I just reassure them, like, if you're using a tested recipe and you're doing the steps properly for the amount of time or pounds pressure recommended, you're going to be fine. Like you said, there's around 2,000 cases of botulism that occur in the United States yearly. And that's such a low number. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying get crazy or anything, but I'm saying just follow the steps and you're going to be fine. That's an excellent point. Once I went to the Master Preserver course and listened to a really great story, we can link this in the show notes, about a woman who, she's alive, walking around today, I certainly think so anyway, a woman who improperly pressure canned plain green beans. And it just was a really telling and fantastic example of improper canning techniques and what ended up happening. But I will quickly summarize the video. She knew to use a she did it in a pressure canner, right, Anna? Yes, but she okay. used it almost like a water bath canner. Yeah. This woman in this YouTube video that we will link in the show notes used a pressure canner, but she filled it, I think, almost to the top, which is not not correct. Usually you fill only two or three quarts, depending on your pressure canner. So her jars were submerged, and there was never going to be enough steam generated in the pressure canner. So she canned these plain green beans, which are a low acid food. She got her jars to seal. She's feeling so good and just like her grandma canned and all these good feelings. And she, over the course of the next several months, ate one jar, then the next jar, then the next jar. And the the final jar is the one that had botulism growing inside. And because it was an anaerobic environment, that means sealed and low acid, right? That's the kind of environment botulism wants and needs to grow. She became really, really ill. And she started to have symptoms essentially from the top down, which is a classic pattern of symptoms. And because she is smart, she went to the hospital. This is not something that you would wait at home and hope would get better. She went to the hospital and she was really, really sick for a long time. But every step that she took to get to that jar of green beans with botulism is easily avoided. And once you become a more experienced canner, you will notice like all the tested recipes are very similar in terms of times of processing and types of recipes that are water bath appropriate and the types of recipes that are pressure canning appropriate. What was some of the takeaways you had from that video, Anna? Well, some of the takeaways that I got is that when you're first using a pressure canner, she uh, she said that she didn't have an instruction manual. She didn't read the instruction manual. 
There are so many resources available online for you to watch. There are really great YouTube videos put out by the manufacturers of pressure canning. And they just, they're they're so informative. And so I think she just kind of winged it and thought that it would be okay, but she didn't really understand some of the mechanisms that are different in a pressure canner versus a water bath canner. And there are some very specific ones, like you said, like the lower amount of water and the amount of steam inside you need to build up pressure. And, you know, that was my biggest takeaway is that it could have easily been fixed or not have had happened the way that it did if she had just done just a teeny bit of research. Right. And we have a whole episode about pressure canning and we can link that in the show notes. But when I very first used my pressure canner, I was shocked at how easy it was because I just followed the directions. And I just want to empower all of our listeners out there that this episode should not scare you. It should empower you to avoid in a very simple way ever even experiencing anything close to botulism because you will avoid one, you won't water bath can low acid recipes Two, you will process them appropriately for the length of time that is required. And you won't like be swayed by stuff you see on social media. It people leaving the potato skins on testing shows that by removing potato skins, for example, that reduces the likelihood that there could be any botulism inside the jar to begin with. So no one's here trying to ruin your canning day. <laughs> we're just we're just sharing information that should empower you to can safely <laughs> and effectively at home. <laughs> and now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches super fast steam canning at startcanning.com. Use the code POD25, that's P-O-D-25, to get 25% off those courses today. Yeah, and I just want to reiterate that a lot of things have steps, right? Like I just got into sewing and we were just Mm -hmm. talking about this and they have a pattern in the package for a reason and instructions. And it's the same thing with canning, especially pressure canning and water bath canning. You're reducing your risk of botulism and it's it's really nothing to be feared. It's more as a cautionary tale. It's more of a safety measure. Yeah. I do want to say that botulism cannot grow at a pH below or more acid than 4.6. So all of your water bath canning recipes, you should feel super confident. We know it's an easily measured thing that botulism cannot grow in raspberry jam, strawberry jam, applesauce, conquered grape juice. Like it can't grow there. It simply cannot happen. So you should feel super confident, especially with the water bath canning recipes. And then Pressure canning, you can feel confident because it is getting over that 204, excuse me, 240 degrees, which kills the spores. Normal boiling water temperature is just 212. So that's another thing I think we've seen examples of is people saying like, like who are maybe using the hashtag rebel canning, that they're just going to water bath can their low acid foods for a really long time. 
you could water bath can until next Tuesday, and it's never going to be hotter than 212 degrees. And the food inside your jars is going to be completely mush. There is no way that boiling water just in a water bath canner can get hotter than 212. It doesn't matter if you're outside on a gas burner. It doesn't matter if your grandma did it. It doesn't matter if Jesus Christ and the 12 apostles did it. There is no way for a water bath to be hotter than 212 degrees Fahrenheit. So again, when you see things like this out there on the internet, you will now know that that is really silly. Another thing that we've seen is the attitude that, well, I'm an experienced canner, so therefore I can not water bath can my low acid foods. And I can't really understand the logic behind that because it's as if with experience, you somehow, your water bath is hotter or I really don't understand what the logic is with that. But we are here to tell you that even with lots and lots of experience, botulism still is a thermophilic. That means it is fine at 212 degrees. That's like a nice hot bath for it. It's no problem at all. It has to be killed at 240 degrees. So it is a silly and completely unnecessary risk to water bath can something that is required to be pressure canned. That's right. We're not here to ruin your day. We're just here to keep you safe. Right. We're here to empower you so that you feel like, yeah, I totally can pressure can. I think a lot of people don't pressure can because they're afraid of that. But that isn't the thing you should be afraid of. It's it's not a, a fearful thing, I don't think. I think this is a great episode. And I think our parting words are just feel empowered to learn about pressure canning. If you want to preserve low acid recipes, pressure canning is pretty dang easy. You just have to follow the directions. And botulism is not something that you have to walk around being afraid of because it's super easy to avoid entirely. Perfect. Okay, thanks for joining us on this episode. Hopefully we encouraged you to not be super scared of botulism, but to take the necessary steps to avoid it. We hope you have a great Halloween season and a great canning season. Here in Northern Utah, I'm wrapping up with my canning season. What about you, Jenny? Oh, I am kind of getting to the end at the time of this recording. I have some Concord grapes calling my name and I, I'm really excited to get to juice those. That's like a, a special treat. We love our Concord grape juice. And then I hope to do a lot more pressure canning this winter. I have some big plans for that. Perfect. And yesterday I stopped by my favorite uh, fruit stand and saw that they had pickling cucumbers and they have such oh. a short season here that I decided to pick up another I think five pounds of pickling cucumbers and I did, I think, I think I did another six quarts and then I also pressure canned some summer corn uh, last mm. night as well. So I'm just like milking the last little bit of that summer produce that is so delicious. I probably will do some more tomatoes maybe, but. Mm, I would like to do one more batch of tomatoes. I really should. I am holding up a little bit of a white flag. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, you guys, for a wonderful episode. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to 
perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.